Okay, guys, we're a minute away from going on the air. I just want to run through some of the topics we're hoping to cover this week. Uh, the farmer's beef protest, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. She has an eye for marketing. Uh, She's very clever. Because the original title was This Candle Smells Like Chris Martin Dick. And it didn't sell well at all. Because the idea of smelling a penis I, is I unpleasant. Like, but, but a lady's part we quite fetching. Hello and welcome to Talking It Out, the unscripted comedy talk show where a panel of dysfunctional media personalities dissect the week's news. My name is Dave Coffey. I'm joined in studio by social media influencer Sarah O'Crilly. Hey. Shock newspaper journalist Brian Kilbird. Dave. Former pop singer turned activist Trina McFarter. Dave Witch on David. And independent TD Shawnee Sutcliffe. Thrilled to be here. This past week, Donald Trump's impeachment trial has officially started in the US Senate. Sarah, Trump has been accused of using his influence over, over Ukraine to harm his political opponent. Have you ever used your influence as a social media influencer to harm anyone? Just girls from school. Um, I just kind of make them feel like crap about their lives uh, via bragging. Can you give me an example of what you might say that would, that would target them? Say I'm on a press trip. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm obviously in the lap of luxury having a great time. I might do a bit of a humble brag. And then at the end, I do a hashtag being like, hashtag Croatia, hashtag you always wanted to go here, hashtag Claire, hashtag remember we talked about it, hashtag so I'm here, hashtag you're not, hashtag haha, hashtag raining at home, hashtag your house is shit, hashtag hate to drive your car, hashtag see you never. Shona, you're a TD. Have you ever faced a political scandal of this magnitude? Uh, I don't even see what the big deal is. I don't think the man did anything wrong. Politics, Dave, it is a filthy game full of bastards. It's a bastard game mm-hmm. full of filthy men yeah. who would do anything to get one up on, on somebody else. Like I've done some things I'm not necessarily proud of. Uh, For I, example? Well, um, I was running for a seat in a local election against a, a, a man, I'm not going to say his name, but I got some information that he was cheating on his wife. So what I did was I dressed up as an attractive woman, sort of almost similar to some Bugs Bunny would pull off in his heyday. Um, so I dressed up as a woman and I knocked on his door and I seduced him and videotaped the whole thing. And I'm sorry to say I went through with the full act because I wanted to really take this bio down. Which act was this? Well, the, the act of love, I suppose. Well, it, there was no love involved yeah, here. It sure. was purely love. It was hate, Physical. hate writing, you know, hate writing. Uh, so in the end, I got the footage. Uh, I blasted it over there. I sent it into the local paper and, and I destroyed this man's life. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, you know, you were involved as well. But people respect a, a rapscallion. Well, Brian, you've written extensively defending Trump. Uh, do you see a bit of yourself in Donald Trump? Do I? Look, look yeah, I, do, I do see a bit of myself in him. I, absolutely, Dave. Look, do I agree with everything he does? Yes. Trump, I've seen a dozen of him. Or two dozen. Three dozen. 
of a ma- of men like him. Four dozen, would you say? Modeling shows, my shoots. I got I got embroiled in a fake shoot once. That wasn't actually a shoot oh, at yeah. all. It Cast was just a lad called Derek who lived in Kulak. I thought his card was legit. I went down, uh, bra off. Um, he had me wearing a nurse's uniform. I was like, "What's this for?" He said, "It's a it's for clinic? a new a new clinic, a private clinic." Was this RT? Definitely the not. No, I thought that's what I thought. I thought, oh great, I'm going to be like Amy Huberman. No, well you can get uh, nude cleaners now, so why not nude nurses? I didn't want to be one. That's what I'm saying, Trina. I was, I was brought in. Maybe you should rethink that, because I don't know what you do, but maybe you could do that. Because I'd say they give the nude nurses the easy stuff. From the world of celebrity news now, Gwyneth Paltrow has released a candle called This Smells Like My Vagina for her website, Goop. Uh, Shawnee, you have uh, candle makers in the family going mm-hmm. back generations. What's, what's your take on, on Gwyneth's candle? Well, um, we wouldn't really be making smelly candles, Uh We just make uh, tiny candles that you have at mass for okay. saying prayers for people. So the idea of me going up to uh, uh, Father Kiernan uh, at my church and saying, listen, I've got a load of vagina-scented candles. Do you want to buy them, Father? He, he'd probably say a prayer for me and run me out of the place. Isn't this a way that the Salt Cliff uh, candle business could stay I- I- in operation? What, making fanny candles? Well, Dave? something. Diversify. Diversify. No, no, we're not making fanny candles. We're not making a candle that smells like your willy or your arse or your leg. I think that's a disgusting idea. A disgusting idea. Listen, more power to the girl. I think she's great. If she want to go out and make uh, candles uh, 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 the only thing is how do they get the smell onto them and is she doing it herself is she hiring a team of women um, because that sounds uncomfortable to me I knew a woman go on who uh, shall I say wink wink um, what who used to sell her used her pants. underwear yeah uh and send them out by post to her fans to people who bought them yeah and like Uh, the dirtier the better apparently they want them and I can tell you I sold them for more than 75 euro Um, to somebody you knew or I oh yes somebody I knew Love Island has returned to our TV screens hosted by Irish woman Laura Whitmore. Now I'll buy a candle of hers. Brian, you're not generally a TV critic but you've written scathing reviews for uh, Love Island why? Yeah, the if younger generation, particularly females, are enjoying something, I make it my mission to make sure that they feel as stupid as possible uh, for enjoying it. But when I saw like a lot of my nieces were were enjoying this, and like women that I worked with who were you know younger than me and making me maybe aware of like my fading looks, my mortality, that kind of thing, and I was like, what are these guys getting so head over this stupid show for? Why aren't they watching Breaking Bad or The Wire? Like oh, me. The Wire's brilliant. The Wire's bloody brilliant, Johnny. Thanks a lot. It's like bloody Dickens. Women don't get it. But it's probably about uh, 10 years old at this stage. Like, yes, all good things are old, Dave. All oh, good things are old. I'd love to see the Mona Lisa, but it's very old. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Johnny. This, this clown. <laughs> I made my eight-year-old niece listen to the whole Ghosting album when it came out, the Nick Cave album. And I tell you what, she came away from it a better person. I'm almost certain of it. Uh, well, Shawnee, you're a part-time matchmaker. Is I this a good way for people to find love? I have to say, I'm addicted to watching Love Island. I bloody love it. Um, Father Kiernan comes around uh, most nights when it's on and we watch and we have a great old giggle. Now, he'd be quite conservative uh, and he does 
perform um, sort of quick ceremonies while watching it. He kind of marries, if he thinks a couple is getting together, he'll perform a quick marriage for them just so he can enjoy the show and relax and have a couple of drinks and he's not getting in trouble with the, with the boss man. Um, so I love it. I think it's great. Is it a great place to find your wife? Probably not. Because, you know, do you really want somebody as desperate as yourself? No, you want somebody, you want to be able to trick a wife, really. How so? Well, you want to sort of um, portray yourself in a way that's attractive. And then when you have her, <clears throat> when you have her, uh, slowly reveal yourself throughout self. the marriage. Yeah. Well, that's bit by a bit. That's what every marriage is, I suppose. Like, I was doing an accent for the first three years of my marriage. What, what did you accent? sound like? I was sort of a Spanish-Italian sort of thing. Can, you, can we hear a bit of it? I have to, I have to think of, um, I have to think of Super Mario before I do it. Would they like a drink, baby? Would you like a drink? Well, no, long. It's very exotic, shot. That's more of a oh, Transylvanian yes. thing. Uh, Whoopa, Mario. Yeah, that's it. Hello, baby. Would you like a drink, baby? Now that's that's what it was at the start, but I obviously diluted it. Transition. Did she notice? Definitely at our third anniversary. And at this stage, you know, she'd met my family and my brother, uh, Declan, had no interest in doing an Italian accent at all. He's a very disagreeable man. Um, you, you got the rest of your family to do Italian accents to varying degrees? To varying degrees of yeah. success. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them. My outlet was terrible. Yeah. What did he sound like? Well, it just sounded offensive to be honest. To, plum- <laughs> to Italians and plumbers. Trina, you and your husband Des met uh, under unusual circumstances. Isn't that right? I suppose. I was in the Gaeltacht and um, I was in a boy's house and the Farantee came home. So I legged it out of the house and I slipped and fell down a ditch. And I saw this dark shadowy figure out in the middle of the field and I thought it was a ghost. And I felt something inside. And I thought, Oh, I went through a whole load of stuff. Oh, am I into ghosts? I think, oh my God, what does this mean? How am I going to have children? The will you just go through you? Uh, Would I even feel it? Well, it could be like slime or you could be covered in a thick goo. That's (laughs) no good to her either. Well, is that any different than any other marriage? How old? What's the age difference between? Because you were obviously a teenager when this happened. It was the Celtic. It was the 70s. And it was Ireland. Farmers were out in protest this past week, blocking traffic in Dublin City Centre and on the M50 over claims they're not being over claims they're not being paid enough for their beef. Uh, Sarah, you call yourself a semi-vegan. Can you empathise with beef farmers? Look, at the end of the day, like that lad Kevin Murphy said, you know, he said like it's just a few cows doing a few farts. Is it? Plus, they've got four stomachs, so you're talking four times. You're the talking farts. quadruple fart. Mm. So, so you, seems like me after night in the Guinness. <laughs> By myself. Well, we're having a serious conversation here. Sorry. Brian, you are so vocal about loving steak that it's mentioned several times on your Wikipedia page. You must surely side with the farmers on this. Well, actually, Dave, I, I the Beef Task Force and I do not see eye to eye. Okay, why? A few years ago, myself and Richard Corrigan, you know, the chef, we went into business and I came up with this idea and he bloody loved it, Dave. Where you get, it's basically the Neapolitan of puddings. Black and white pudding in one combo. What with the beef, the beef, the national beef uh, Gestapo, as I call them. They just said it just wasn't natural. I gotcha. They said it was not, we were, we were all getting along grand when black pudding was tucked away from the white pudding 
I mean, there was nothing wrong with, say, black pudding and white pudding on the one place, but a separate entity. You entities. can't blend it. Brian, I love that idea. I love innovation, right? And Near pudding. Fantastic. Instead of Neapolitan. And, you know, I mean, if it was in Japan, you know, they do the Kobe beef and all of that. They do something extra for the value. Um, I actually went on a trip to Japan in the 90s and our guide, Hiromi, took us to a very special private farm where you get to be uh, treated like a Kobe beef cow. You are brought out to uh, the field, massaged, you're fed beer, um, you sleep a lot. So it's everything but the slaughter. This sounds brilliant. Oh, it was fantastic. Hmm. And it's it really very relaxing. Oh, it sounds, like, sounds like a, a, a typical uh, weekend for me. <laughs> well, sleeping in a field, drinking beer. Well, Shawnee, uh, as well as being a TD, you're also a farmer. And an undertaker. And a shopkeeper. Well, a pub owner. A but pub yeah, we sell biscuits. Uh, what, what else? Uh, whatever you want, fire lighters. Uh, no, no, I mean, what other jobs do you have? Uh, I sometimes dress up as a guard, but that's more for like parties. Um, but you, you're paid to do that, are you? Well, it's more of a laugh. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really have any power, but you'd be surprised if you pull up in a car and uh, knock on somebody's window wearing a guard uniform. They'll do whatever you tell them to do. Well, you are a farmer, among other things. I am, yes. Were you fifty sucklers, yes. Were you involved in the protest? Uh, I wasn't there at the time. I was actually at the opening of a swimming pool in Clare Morris. Um, it's not even your constituency. My cousin lives there, and he asked me. To do, it was a solid firm. I was dressed up as a big bear. Um, Why were you dressed as a bear? The theme of the swim pool was the woods. Uh, it's a, a theme swimming pool. <laughs> yes, Dave. With slides and stuff. It's for the kids. Well, you yeah. bring the young fella to it. This is fun. What young fella? I thought it was a like I've got two, son, two sons, eight and eleven, and then I've got... But you'd only bring one of them to the pool. Well, the 11-year-old has no interest in, in swimming or me. Basically, farmers are great, I think. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week. Be sure and check out the animated version of Talking Night every Monday on the RTE player. We'll be back with another Talking Night next week. Goodbye till then. Talking.